Welcome to Valhalla. State your name and how you died. Hey, my name is Leroy. I ran into the rookery, made all the whelps hatch, and I got the raid wiped. Oops. Mm, little reckless, but you've got gumption. You're in. Next! Uh, yeah, I'm D's Nuts 420 I read a blood stain that said treasure ahead, and they got my head bit off by a dragon when I went to look. Okay, a bit gullible, but also brave. You're in. Uh, hey, Valkyrie! Yes, Lord Odin? I'm noticing this latest batch of Unheriar is a little more colorful than usual. Well, it was either this, or going to Earth and picking out people that died in road rage incidents. Oh my. That's... What constitutes dying gloriously in battle on Earth these days? Pretty much. Well, all right then. Next! Hi, my name is Yoshi. My rider fell into the lava and jumped off of me to save himself. I felt so betrayed. I thought we were friends. I'm sorry, little dinosaur. You're in just because you're cute and your rider was a dick. Oh, thank you. Well, I must say, Valkyrie, we aren't exactly being picky with... What dying gloriously in battle means with this group, either. Well, you know what they say. You go to Ragnarok with the Unheriar you have, not the Unheriar you want. True, true. Next! Um, hello, my name is Aerith, and I got stabbed in the stomach while praying for an ancient holy spell to work to stop a meteor from crashing into the planet. Ooh. <laughs> You're Definitely in. Valkyrie, make sure she gets some cookies and hot cocoa. Of course. Come with me, Aerith, you precious cinnamon roll. Hey, baby, hear the game. The call in. Backlog's growing at a long rates. Mercy. And maybe you seem a bit confused. RP gamers. Kev will set you straight. Ha 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 ha! But Matt don't know what to do with those saga games or FFA. Playing again. Neptunia games all over this place. What is a boy to do? Good night, RP Gamers. We love you. Hello, and welcome to RPG Backtrack, your regular deep dive into your favorite RPGs. We are a production of RPGamer.com, bringing you such fine podcasts like RPG Cast, your weekly news show, QA Quest, your weekly RPG feedback show, and we're your bi weekly nostalgia show. I'm your host, Kelly Ryan, and with me, my podcast partner in crime, the Thor to my Loki, Mr. Matt Mason. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not the beard, but I've got that. Uh... Thor in the Endgame pod going on. Hey, he, he gets better. Yeah. Uh, yeah Love yeah. and Thunder. Uh, I, I compared myself to Loki because, you know, I'm k- kind of, I want to say skeezy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm that sketchy person that you should probably worry about. Eh, not really. Um, not not talking about Marvel, Thor, and Loki, unfortunately, but we are talking about some North mythology stuff. Uh, we're, we're doing a uh, Valkyrie profile. The, the first game this time around, and we've got the original Valkyrie profile, Stan, Sam Walker. It shall be engraved on our souls. <laughs> and then our, our newest Valkyrie profile fan, uh, Robert Albright. I, I'm the real life Lazard Velaf. You don't want to be that dear. <laughs> yeah, that's a little I don't creepy, know. I'm man. pretty obsessed. <laughs> yeah, but I you mean, want to be sexually obsessed, which is his mo. Yikes. Uh, you know, as long Not as he's, 
you know, I would prefer him as Lazard over Luca Blight from Sukoden any day of the week. So there's yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, th- th- thinking about that era of uh, RPG villains, and they were kind of psychotic, just a tad. Very memorable, though. Very memorable. But yeah, we're talking about the original Valkyrie profile. Um, just were released recently on the re-released recently on the PSN. So a lot of new people are trying it out. Um, I'm an old school fan. I know Sam is. Uh, Robert apparently has a bunch of import stuff. He's such a fan. Oh yes, I, I've I played the original many times back in high school. Hey, you could probably retire off of that original PS1 disc now. Yep. <laughs> it's and it's still not the most expensive one in my collection. Oh, yeah, it's not the most expensive one in mine either. I think it's like second most expensive. Still, I think it's like only it's in the top ten. But the, the last time I checked my price charting, the most expensive game in my collection of all things was the Pokemon box. There you it go. Was, yeah, it was a weird GameCube um, release that all it did was just store your Pokemon from your Game Boy Advance <laughs> cards, and that thing goes for a pretty penny these days because it was only available on the uh, original Pokemon Center site way back in the two thousands and. Yeah, an interesting little fact. So, uh, <laughs> things more expensive than our copies of Valkyrie Profile. Um, bet, you know, but that PSP one's worth quite a penny, too, now that I think about it. I don't know. Um, I'll t- tell you what, we will get more into the gameplay itself uh, af- after a short musical interlude, so stick around. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we're diving into Valkyrie Profile, released original, originally on the PlayStation 1 on August 29th, 2000, in, in um, the North America. It was uh, December 22nd, 1999 in Japan. So I was just, I had just graduated high school. Yeah, yeah, I just graduated high school and was going to college when that game first released. And then the PSP version was released on July 18th, 2006. Uh, we also got an iOS release uh, at some point um, in 2018. I, I can't imagine this being a very pleasant game to play on a touchscreen. I, I, yeah, not with some of those platforming puzzles. Um, I... I was stuck on a puzzle, actually, trying to figure out how to stack crystals and th- throw them in such a way that they would create a staircase. And the only guide I can find was uh, for, for the mobile version. And it's like, I'm just pretty sure to... I know which one yeah. you're talking about, because that's the Arcadian runes. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, hats off to you, guy, for putting up with this game on a touchscreen, because I, I like the game, but the platforming kind of sucks. You could have probably taking a look at uh, my old uh, what playthroughs I had of this um, on the channel on our oh, Twitch. Th- and 
And bear in mind, this was um, this was trying to get to a treasure chest in the cult ruins. Oh, okay, in the cult ruins. Where I had to go through twice because I didn't even trigger the event the first time around. <laughs> Only reason I said Arcadian ruins is because that one also has a really brutal one where it's double platforms and you have to get in the middle to get to the room to where you find a specific character. <laughs> oh, lovely. That's where I'm at. That's why I left off that last night. There, yeah. That one. There's <laughs> also, if you're playing it on hard, there's the, the flame dungeon two. Where you oh, have... I hate that one. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah, the, the platforming, the platforming, although fun is janky is all hell. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. And, it's aged so fucking poorly. It has aged so bad. Well, it's not so much that the platforming is aged poorly. The controls are not as responsive as they need to be for the game. So, uh, b- b- backing up the train a little bit, this this is an RPG. But, you know, if I would... I'm glad I waited until I was an adult to play, or more mature to play it, and play the PSP version. Because if I would have rented this as a kid, or as a teenager, I would have had no idea what the hell to do. Because, you know... the the game starts out and your job you're, you're playing as Valkyrie and your job is to collect Ein Harriar and send them up to send them up to Asgard to get ready for the apocalypse and while the game kind of has a battle tutorial and stuff nothing else is explained so you know I, I knew what to do and it's like okay I, I'm going in and wait there's this whole menu full of traits that I didn't even see that I don't even think I remember uh, when I was playing through the PSP version of the game. And then, you know, I'm like, well, where are the item shops? Well, the item shop is right there. It's just you're materializing stuff out of mono instead of buying stuff. And it, it throws a lot of RPG stuff on its head. And while it's obtuse as hell, I kind of appreciate it for that. Well, in, in a way, I kind of look at the way in which it takes away a lot of the the stuff that we're used to, so inns and item shops and armories, I like that that's actually removed because that's not really like a core element for the game <laughs> in a weird yeah. way. Uh, yeah. I, I actually also just like in a way that it's it was in 1999, this weird streamlined thing where it's take your converted, you know, materialized points, get a new weapon. And the weapons are kind of like iffy because it's one of those... They can break. Some of them can break. Some of them don't break. Some of them only have a limited number of combo hits. Some of them don't have any combo hits at all. I mean, there's a lot to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. But once it all clicks, it's it works. <laughs> yeah, because you know my my current playthrough, it's like once I got got through uh, got through the hurdle of trying to remember what the heck I was doing because I hadn't played it in almost 15 years at this point. And it's like, okay, this is all clicking now, and now I'm remembering why I did enjoy this, because you have a lot of different customization options for your characters. Uh, Weapons have a risk-reward system, you know, long before Breath of the Wild made it annoying. Um, Saving a lot of your good weapons for uh, tough boss fights. Um, Being able to one-shot dragons with dragon slayers is so nice. Um... Gosh, what else? And and the fact that the storytelling in this game, instead of being a linear, linear um, story, is k- kind of vignettes that get, gets strung together at the end, and then that also depends on what ending you end up with. 
Yes, that's a that's definitely a huge component because if you're just going for the basic ending where you end up in Jotunheim. It's oddly not that satisfying because um, it's literally just, oh, you went and you, you stopped Ragnarok. Good for you. Go back and slumber, my dear. Whereas, you know, if you're going for the best ending, the best ending gives you so much in mm-hmm. terms of storytelling. And then arguably, I mean, it gives you the story. I mean, yep. it's, it's it's one of those things where if you didn't even know you could go for the, for the best ending, you're getting a good story. You're not getting the best version of it. No. I, I have a question. This is my second Although, time. I will say that the best ending has probably one of the... The true ending has probably one of the hardest bosses. That's oh, not Bane? even the final boss. Bloodbane's a piece of shit. Yeah, Bloodbane's a piece of shit. <laughs> then you play Fenrir and it's like, wow, this is really easy. I'm so confused. And then you actually get to the last boss and it's just like slap, 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 game over. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you guys too. So you guys have played this game m- many more times than I have. This is my second yes. playthrough in my life. Ooh. Both of you I, have pl- have probably tripled that. Uh, I have. I've gotten the normal ending like a good four or five times. I've gotten the true ending, uh, I think, three times. And I have purposely gone out of my way to get the bad ending. Oh, I've done the bad ending too. I love the bad ending. The bad ending so, is entertaining. So, is is there anything in the game that would point you to this good ending? Because I'm using a guide, and I, I'm also notoriously dense. So, I, I don't see how anybody could could figure this out on their own. There, so, you go first, Tam. I, I, there's some very minor hints towards yeah. it, but there's no easy... I will tell you, like... Even when I got it on the PlayStation version, I used a guide. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also used a guide. But there are hints. Like, as 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 I played it more times, I saw more of the hints towards how to get it. Uh, but no, like, playing it blind and getting the best ending is it, it's almost impossible in a way. Because not knowing, for example, that you have to tank the seal value. Or that, depending on which on Harry are you send up... Um, a certain number of points gets added to the seal value. Like, there are specific characters, if you send them up, they're worth more points. So it's not necessarily, like, it's two points to the seal value. Sometimes it could be as much as five. Um, so, also, also, the... the I, I forget if it's a ring or a necklace that you start the yeah, game Yeah, the Nebo Lung ring. You know, kind of help, helping with that. I mean, there's so many little minutiae to it. Yeah. And you ha- and tanking that seal value, you have to tank it, but you also can't completely destroy it either. Yeah, like it's you. Thankfully, it's actually impossible to get it all the way down to like one. Um, at most, like the game will have you hovering between, I think it's like twenty five and thirty seven. The goal should always, like, if you're going for the best ending, is you want to be under forty, um, because you want to say that Valkyrie's a bad girl. You want to show it with your bad seal rating, so that then you get the scolding, and you know it's one of those things where it it really is a bit of a guessing game, especially because if you're playing it on. Uh, again, if you're playing it on normal or hard, again, you have a couple other factors. Well, you can't get it on easy, sorry. Um, yeah. There are other factors to consider. Again, like, you can choose not to send on Harry R up, and that can work, um, but it puts you at a different disadvantage. Um, because on the other hand, you still need on Harry R to go up to get the better bonuses for, you know, better equipment, better skills, like, all that crap, Right. So there's such a pro and con in terms of, like, what is the best way to do it. 
I had an easier time getting it this time around when I reviewed it for the site. Again, I've, I've gotten the best. I, I basically go for the best ending every playthrough. Um, I did like the basic ending, I think, twice. I got the bad ending because I think the bad ending's funny. But there's no reason not to get the best ending, especially if you're so heavily invested in the story. And I mean, the story is, there's two versions of it. By not going for the best ending, you get this version of Lenneth that is just trapped in duty. But if you go for the best ending, you get this character who actually is more multi-layered than what you see on the surface, you know? Now, I, I do have a counterpoint about the best ending. Okay. Is if you're wanting to if you're wanting to take as many characters as possible to um, the trying to remember what the bonus the Seraphic Gate. Oh yeah. Seraphic. Then you want to go with the normal ending because any of the characters you actually send up going for the best ending, they're gone. They do yeah. not rejoin you. Yeah, and I mean, I think that only matters if you care about playing the Seraphic Gate. Um, for me personally, I didn't care. Like, I generally am not somebody who cares about those giant bonus dungeons because for yeah. me. They I'm don't. Better. They don't give me satisfaction because, again, I don't play Valkyrie Profile for combat. I play it for story, um, and that's it. Like to people who love it, that's great. Like, again, oh yeah, I love it. Get Lazard, so I mean, I did do it. Um, but it's to me, it was also like it doesn't matter that much because yeah, that I, mean, if I sent them up already. Then I don't. I didn't care enough about them to begin with is how I looked at it. Cause I usually sent to people that I was like, I don't want to use you. <laughs> it's like yeah. the prompts. Great. Am I going to use you? Nope. <laughs> no. You, and it's frustrating because in order to make them useful for Odin, you kind of do have to train them up a little bit and give them some equipment so that they get a good rating. And if they don't have it hit the hero value, um, you've got you've got to mess with their traits and stuff. And, and in the case of one of my characters, I uh, used up all their traits and I still couldn't get them up to 90. So I was like, well, I guess you're going up. And luckily I squeaked by. But you're right. I, I typically send up characters that I don't care about and then get pissy when the guide is like, send up Janice. So I'm like, but. I like, I like Janice. Janice. He, I he's a good Janice. archer. Yeah, like, no, I'm keeping him. Janice, Janice uh, is one of my absolute favorite on Harriar in that game, and it's because uh, he's really overpowered. Yes. <laughs> so there's that. And when it comes to the purified weird souls, he is one of the best connecting combos because it will always hit 100, no matter what. So between him and Arngrim, if you have those two in your party, you will always hit a hundred. That, uh, yep. That's not true on Arngrim, um, but I will go. Um, Arngrim, Arngrim cannot hit a one hundred if it's if you hit it at a forty percent. Well, and that's it. But let's put it this way: you're still ballparking for the most part with him a hundred yeah. because it is one of those. Unless you put a weapon on him that is only one, one hit, then yeah, no, he's not going to. But why would you do that? Because it's not, it's, again, you also have to think about the fact that, um, yeah, you could have a weapon that is one hit and be really, really strong. But because this game is all about making combos, it doesn't make sense when you could instead be investing in the fact that you have at least two to three hits that will always get you purified bird soul. So I that's one of the things with the game where it's, it is a lot of experimenting to figure out what you want to use and what you like to use. Oh, uh, I thought we were actually talking about, like, within a purified weird soul state and not, like, 
trying to get there in the beginning. The well, it's to, it is to get there, right? And then, again, he's the only one. Arngrim is totally the only one that if you use him last in a combo, yeah, no, he, he can't fill the bar. Um, but if you use him first, which is what I always do, I always had, like, a system for my characters. So let's say if I was using Arngrim, uh, Janice, Alia, and Leneth. I'm going to use them as an example. I love Alia. I love Alia too. So Arngram would go first because Arngram would always hit the bar to 100. Janice would always hit the bar to 100. Your gamble was the other two. If it was the long end of Nibelung Valetsi, then yes, you would hit 100. And then Alia is the only one that can't hit 100 because her Dragon Scorcher is just one massive hit. So she would always go last because then it allowed me to maximize the amount of damage I was doing. Yeah, well, with uh, with Alia, you can actually use her first in the combo at the if you're if you're really good yeah, at the you're, timing. Yeah, if you're high, if you're high and you have good timing, absolutely, she can be first. But it is one of those again. That's more of a gamble. Whereas, like, fuck Armgrim, Armgrim's guaranteed. So it that's how I looked at it, right? But again, it's again this game is all about experimenting. You can pick a bunch of different characters who will be able to fill the bar really well. Like, another good one is Gray. Gray is great at filling oh, up the bar. I love Gray. And is great in Purified Weird Soul because his combo does a lot. So that's another character. Like, I actually, I didn't use Gray a lot growing up. I used him this time around, and I found him very enjoyable for building the combo bar. Um, like, another character that's good for it is Jail. Jail's great. But again, it's all about the placement when you're doing it, too. So, I mean, this is a battle system where it's all about overkilling your enemy, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Overkilling and juggling. That's right. The game rewards you for juggling and overkilling. The downside with this game is it's very hard to, when you're doing combat, um, it's not easy to target more than one creature. In most cases, you can only target one creature unless you are a mage. Mm -hmm. And even then, the mages can only do it if you're doing it as um, when you hit it through the menu, yep. um, which is kind of bullshit. I get why, but I also hate it. <laughs> um, my strategy a lot of times is to have the mage character like either Jalinda or... Gosh, who's, who's oh, the teacher? Jolanda? Yeah, or yeah, or Lorenta. That's the mage I'm using right now. Um, do Icicle Edge so that yep. she can freeze a couple of the monsters um, so that I can work on picking off the ones that aren't frozen. And that's a good <laughs> strategy, too. Because uh, 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 later in the game, some of these monsters get really fucking hard, especially the elementals that are just like balls of electricity that one-shot my whole party. Well, part of that, too, is the fact that um, this is this is a tries game, so enemies are sponges. Yep. Right. And when you know that, you have to just kind of change your way of thinking. Um, like the mages are really interesting in Valkyrie profile because they're they all get the same skills because whatever magic book you put on them is what they have. Right. But everybody mm -hmm. can have all the same magic technically, but their power level and skill levels are very different. Um, like if you don't play the hard mo hard mode, um, you don't get Lyceria. And Lyceria, probably, I would say between her and Gondar, are probably the best mages in the base game until you get, like, Lazard in the Seraphic Gate. Um, I love playing hard mode just to get Lyceria because she she's incredibly powerful, and she can actually take a hit, which is 
another issue in this game, but I mean, it's mage. Mages are squishy. Um, doesn't matter what game you play. This was the first time I ever used Gondar in my playthrough uh, when I was doing the review. Gondar was interesting. Don't love him. Um, switched back for Mistina because I love Misty. Misty's a bitch. <laughs> Gondar's a dick. Gondar's a dick, but Misty's a bitch. I mean, and in general, part of it is because I've played the game so many times, there are specific characters that I know that are just worth sending up. Like, I always send Jolanda. I always send Lorenta. Um, I always send Lawfer. I always send Cashel. Um, because they all usually will fit some kind of a criteria um, during the hero evaluation. Um, that doesn't mean I don't like them. I've, I've actually used all of them in different playthroughs. Lawfer is one of the few ones I always bench pretty quickly, though, because I really, really don't like Lawfer. Yeah, if he's I pretty weak. Comboing with him is really hard. Uh, and when you get Alia, like, Alia just is better in every single way. And again, she has more HP than he does, which doesn't make any sense to me, but... She's also yeah. got the, cha the chainmail <laughs> swimsuit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I only make a point of this because I bought a bootleg t-shirt years ago that has her on it, and I wear it to work all the time. No one questions it. Good job. <laughs> and, and then you I've get only recently stopped wearing it because it, I've had it for like 20 years. <laughs> and then you get Lucian, and it's like, oh god, this swordsman is amazing, and you have to send him up a beat one Yeah, so that's, best ending. that's actually the biggest hint to the best ending, is sending him up. Um, but I will say, I love sending Lucian up every time because Lucian's good. He is good, but he, again, as you play through the game, he gets benched. You, you can bench him pretty fast um, because, again, once you get characters like Gray, uh, Gray and Jail are actually more powerful than Lucian. That's the other thing you have to think about is each chapter you get somebody, um, and every chapter the levels are different for each character. So... You can work on Lucian and he'll be strong, but you also will get Grey and Grey just trounces everything. Uh, I just remember during my first playthrough of the PSP version, I, I did get the B ending. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a new game plus and go for the A ending. And I, I can choose this game pretty easily using Lucian and yeah. uh, Angram and one of the mages. Like, oh, I have to send up my best character, the yeah. character that I can pretty much get the 100% the combo yep. every time. Yep. Well, that's no fun. Uh, I love Lucian, though. As a character, I love him, too. Oh, he's awesome. I mean, this is a game where and we kind of haven't really touched on the story, and that's okay. Um, he is the damsel in distress in this game, mm -hmm. and I love that Valkyrie Profile um, did that. That they turned that horrible trope on its head and said here's a main male character who's actually pretty powerful and guess what he's now the one that needs saving and the way that they do it with the assumption that lucian may or may not be dead like it's a good motivator for the protagonist leneth has an emotional breakdown leneth loses her memories leneth dies briefly um so you get all of this culminating information and as the player, you're sitting there and you want them to be together. You want them to be reunited. Like, this is arguably one of the best written romances in a JRPG. And JRPGs tend to be shit at that. Yep. <laughs> like, you're rooting for these two. You want them to be together. You want them to be able to 
be in each other's arms again because they genuinely love each other. And, like, I ball like a bitch every time! Like, now that I think about it, the last romance in a JRPG I rooted for was Tales of Arise. And that was two years ago, three years ago. he's a himbo, and she's feisty, and they're both really cute, so it's fine. No, it's it's that was a that was a beautifully written story. No, that was a and, good one. And you're right. The, the, I'm sitting there thinking about it, and it's like I'm having a hard time thinking of other romances in JRPGs that I was like actually into. And remember that Valkyrie profile like sets it up right off the bat. There is no um, build up; it's already there, which is also kind of rare. Because usually when you have that in any kind of a story, it's a love at first sight thing, Mm -hmm. um, which is not the case here. I mean, the beginning of the game is literally Lucian finds out that the love of his life is being sold into slavery because her parents can't afford to keep her. And rather than lose her, he runs away with her. He takes her to a meadow and she dies of pollen and his world is completely destroyed because he tried his best to save the woman he cared about. That's what makes having the reverse happen in the game so powerful, because now you're seeing, well, Lucian couldn't save her, but now she has the chance to save him. And even getting, there are scenes with Lucian where, you know, uh, he sees Platina briefly walking around, I think it's in Drellium, Drebellium? I can't remember. The names of the cities are kind of a pain in the ass to say in this game. Yeah, they're very (laughs) annoying. Um, And just, it's the way that he stops and he goes, Latina and the girl that he's with is like I don't understand like what you're staring at it's like oh it's just somebody I know and then the jealousy that happens later with that girl Claire is like you're in love with a dead woman and he openly admits it he says yes I'm in love with a dead woman and you're never going to be able to replace her bitch chucks a rocket Valkyrie I'm like lady you have any idea what you're doing right now (laughs) but she doesn't know she just thinks it's Uh, a her hair and again, you have this great buildup with that plot line. Lucian, Lucian's decisions affect so many people. Um, and it's interesting because it's not something that he sees, but we as the viewer, we put together, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is probably the biggest core to the story. Um, and then on top of just, you know, Loki tricking him into, you know, um, you know, using, using the, mirror. the mirror and being like, no, I just use that mirror. It's fine. And he's like, no, go find my earring. You know, that's how you'll find me. And it's like, you dork, like you just committed a cardinal sin, but also you did it for love. And that's very darling. And I, I mean, I, I also need to just shout out in the instance of talking about the romance. Um, this game is entirely voiced by Pokemon actors. Yeah, um, I I didn't Originally. make that connection at the time. Yeah, uh, so Megan Hollingsworth, who voices Valkyrie, is actually Officer Jenny. And Eric Stewart, who is Lucian, is Brock. <laughs> okay. Um, so- one of the one of the uh, NPCs in the game uh, during the... I forget, I forget her name, but the mermaid. That's yeah. Ash. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, the, the mermaid is not Ash. No, the NPC though. Oh, the NPC mermaid. Oh, you mean Fuyuki? Yeah, the the, the kid. He's not a mermaid. The kid, yeah. Fuyuki yeah. Fuyuki is Ash. Well, actually, Ash is also Freya. Frey, Jail. Um, you have. I didn't. I didn't recognize. I didn't recognize the uh, that person as uh, Freya. Sounds so Freya. different. She's Freya. Um, you have. She sounds so different as Freya. <laughs> you have Tara Jane, who is the voice of 
Nanami and Yumi. Um, you have Rachel Lillis, who is the voice, uh, who's Misty, who's the voice of um, Mistina, uh, Lorenta, Jolanda. So there's a lot of like really well known actors in this game. And part of your brain, Pokemon, but your brain kind of breaks a little bit because it's like, on one hand, Pokemon, and I can't unsee it. But on the other hand, they're doing a really good job. Like, for the most part, the voice acting in Valkyrie Profile, given it was 2000, is very good. Um, For the most part, the majority of the character, uh, the voices suit the characters that they're playing. Um, And this game is all about invoking emotion. Um, So when you're listening to the way in which the voice actors are portraying those moments of pain and suffering, of loss and of hope, they do understand, it comes across that they understand how the story needs to be told, um, which I appreciate so much because that's a sign that you're, you're getting the player invested. And again, Megan Hollingshed, she is so underrated and she does such an amazing job of being Leneth because Leneth is, again, she's complex. She's somebody who is dutiful and bound by her loyalty. And then when she cracks, you see this dynamic change in her personality because she's forced to confront emotion again for the first time. And the way that it's conveyed through the voice is really touching. Like, I, I love it. I mean, there's just, there's so many good stories in this game. Like, and not just Lenneth and Lucian. Like, we can touch upon lots of different characters. Um, like, Tam, do you have a, a favorite vignette in the game? Uh, sorry, favorite what? Vignette. Story. Oh, um... Or do you want me to come back to you? No, no. There, There's there's a lot of really good ones. I, and, and I also had the uh, manga, although it's un, it was untranslated. Um, so, like, some of the nuances that the game actually kind of skipped over gets better explained in them. Um, Bellinus yeah. is, is a prime example where, you know, his story in the game, you know, talks about him losing his, you know, his wife and his father and, you know, or, and a maid in the house. And yeah. he's now having to try and buy a new slave and all that. And honestly, I think the slave he was going to go buy was going to be Platina before the whole shit with Lucian. There's a good chance, yeah. There is yeah. there is some hinting that that potentially could have been the case. Yeah, but um, when he gets, you know, but in the manga, it points out that it was his wife who. So there's like this curse on his on his place, and his his current maid also is about you know almost dies to a vampire, but he sacrifices himself to save her. Yeah. But in the manga, it's pointed out that it was his wife who started it because of the fact she was jealous of his feelings towards the mate to the yeah to the maid. So I mean, there. I mean, that's a good another one example. Uh, there's the whole how Lawford dies. Uh, he actually dies breaking uh, Arngrim's brother out of jail. Yeah. Well, Whereas I mean, that, you get that sort of it, like you get a hint that something ha- that he does yeah. something, but you don't know the specifics of how he actually yeah. died died that's one of the there, there is a few deaths where definitely yeah like there's a lot of implied how they died as opposed to the visibleness of it and yeah Lawfer is one of the more unfortunate ones where it's you know that he tried to save Armgrim's brother 
but they don't ever tell you even in the like last 30 seconds where the the soldiers are having a conversation of how he died it's just literally did you hear about Lawfer? yeah no he's he's gone he's gone right so it's interesting that the manga and the manga does have the ability to do that, right? Like you're able to infuse a little more information. I mean, in that regard, you're making me reminding me that a lot of the stories are not balanced in terms of how much uh, screen time you get. Because there are some characters that get like longer stories than others. Um, I'm thinking like uh, Arngrim and Mistina, I can excuse because technically they are a part of like a main character circle. But I was True. thinking more along the lines of characters like Yumi. Yumi gets a surprisingly long one, um, as well as uh, fuck. Well, there's the two-parter between um, oh god, uh, want... and, well, there's Ju- there's Shiho and Suo. Yeah, th- um, those were the two I was thinking of. Yeah, and then there's also uh, Nanami and Jun. Um, they go together. So yeah, like there's a lot of interconnection uh, wait, between Nana- the Nanami and Jun. Yes, because. Of the dragon's bane. Because Nanami is the... She's the young girl who gets adopted because she right. looks like the other girl. And it turns out, like, there's a relation between that family and June. Because oh. June's trying to save his sister. Um, but the connection in that one is the dragon's bane sword. Because Nanami's family is the keeper of it. Which like, is really are, a staff. <laughs> and it, it turns out it's a staff, yeah. So, yeah. A like, good staff. What are the better magic weapons to give the mages? Oh, that's it. Those break so easily. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so there are some characters where there is definitely interconnections. You also have Lawfer and uh, Arngrim. You have... Well, Lawfer's, Lawfer's, I mean, aren't uh, that whole group is La- Arngrim, Lawfer, J- uh, Jelanda. Pat- no, not, uh, not so much Jolanda, but there, there's like Jolanda's in there because of Arngrim's story. Oh, yeah. But like there's a whole mercenary group, which is Arngrim, Ayla, or Isla, depending on your pronunciation, uh, yeah. Cashel, Gray, uh, Gray, Lawfer. You Lorenza, also have uh, Bad Ratch. Bad Ratch. Uh, he's, not, he's not part of the mercenary He's group. not a part of the mercenary group, but he is technically a part of Arngrim's story. Yeah, he's part so, of Arngrim's story. That's what I mean. There's still lots of different layers of interconnection between the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's very nuanced the way that the game does it. Yeah, because that, you get bits of information for each one of them. Yeah, sadly, there's two characters that kind of... Their story ends, but you you don't see the endings. They just... They stop and you don't see more of them. Which yeah. is Claire. Well, part of with Claire is nothing happens with her. She loses Lucian and that's it. And then you have Celia, who's a part of the mercenaries, and she's the other one where it's like she gets to live. And that's, she gets to live in regret of being the only one left. And that's right. And uh, like, I've always wondered if she actually committed suicide after that point because she's basically at her wit's end because everyone else has died that she knows. But the that's game, how comes. But that's I don't how think the game ever did. implies that though. Like that's kind of it. I don't. Well, I think no, the game looks more at the fact that she has to accept that the world has taken all the people that she cares about from her and she has to make the choice of I've been chosen to live how am I going to use this well the thing is she's because of that scene with Grey though where she's like you're the only one left and she you know he falls apart because he tried to do something that's irreversible was sacrificing his soul to revive Lorenta but he can't do that because Lorenta sacrificed her soul to you save mean him. Lyceria Lyceria sorry I... yeah don't no, no worry there's a lot of L's 
There's a lot of L names in the game. Well, and I mean, speaking of Lorenta, Lorenta has a really interesting story because so she's that she's the headmaster of the magic school. Lazard was expelled because she expelled him. Mistina is a wall because she hates everyone and doesn't want to be a part of things. And you have this weird, uncomfortable storyline where Lazard decides, I need the blood of a young, of a couple. And he kidnaps Lorenda's husband and kills him. Um, and it's, it's barbaric, the way that Lazard does it. But you have to remember, like, characters like Lazard, they're kind of a mess. And that's part of the fun. Like, I actually really like her story. Like, I I was very heartbroken for her that she kind of, like, this was Lazard basically being like, this is me punishing you for expelling me. I'm going to take your husband. And then I can never, I keep wanting to call her Mistiana, but that's not it. Mistina. Mistina. And then Mistina is like, oh, I could kiss the person that ki- killed uh, Loretta. Yeah. It's like, she was looked like a nice lady. Screw you, bitch. Well, you gotta remember though. So there are, there are, I believe it's three characters that you absolutely cannot set up in the game, and she's one of them. There is no way to um, boost her seal rating past zero. Oh, so you're yeah, just that makes stuck sense. with her. It's the same with Arngrim. Like you can't send Arngrim up either. Um, and I believe, I think it's Bad Ratch is the other one you can't. It's either Bad Ratch or Gondar. It's one of the two of them. I think Gondar. I think it's got. Yeah, you might be right. It might be Gondar. Which is weird because I'm like, Badraj has no redeemable qualities whatsoever. <laughs> None. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, you're a jerk. Well, it's a good thing you have good stats. Otherwise, you'd be up. I guess there's a reason why you're down here with me. Well, again, Misty, <laughs> Misty's one of the suckers who's like, I had to take your soul because you, you're useful. But also, damn it, you're also a bitch. Though I, I have to admit, I, I was very amused at how she died by being in a sensory deprivation chamber yep. so that she could just wander around the world and then Lazar just blows it shit up. Oh, yep. he freezes it. He freezes her to death. Oh. I didn't I had interpreted that as ash. I didn't interpret that as ice. That makes yeah, no, no he, sense. He, yeah, he uh he basically gave her a cold tomb. <laughs> yeah. And then the best part is going back into the game when you're doing the best ending and you have Arngrim, Mistina, and Lazard in the same room and they're talking about how to revive Valkyrie. And he actually, she brings up, she's like, yeah, way to give me a frosty tomb. And he's just like, well, you were being annoying. Like, what was I supposed to do with you? <laughs> like, and he just laughs it off. Like, he owns it. And I mean, let's give Lazard points. It's the one thing he actually is good at is owning his shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I I was kind of with her. I was a little creeped out by the uh, naked women in um, in jars. Yeah. Okay. So this is why, like, I I affectionately call Lazard the horny necromancer <laughs> because the really dialogue is. in Valkyrie Profile. Oh boy, is he a horn dog? Yep. Well, even even I mean, I'm I'm going to touch on the sequel a little bit. Even in the oh, sequel, oh, he's a horn his- dog. The whole point of him was to try and bang Valkyrie. That's all he wants to do. Is that all he wants to do is have sex with Valkyrie? It's, That's that is all he wants. His whole purpose in life. <laughs> I mean, it's a noble purpose when you think about it. I mean, it, it, it's at least it's concise. Um, but it's also like, bro, there's that's a that's a dumb reason to be a god. <laughs> you can talk about blowing up the world, you know, or reforming. 
you just have a really, really big boner that you just can't put away. I don't even think he wanted to be God. He just wanted to he get was, it on. Yeah, but the only way to bone her is to be a God. That's That was the logic he put together. It's like, if I become God, means I get massive godlike erection and fuck Valkyrie. Done. Again, Lazard is intelligent, but let's be realistic. He has a one-track mind. <laughs> He is arguably, he's one of my favorite characters because, yes, he is a creep through and through. Oh, he yeah. is also a very entertaining creep. Yeah, no, he's he, he, like, there's a lot of evil guys in RPGs that are evil for evil. <laughs> but Lazard was, he's evil. Let's not, let's not deny it. He's evil. He sacrificed Lorenta's husband, turned him and into Lorenta. a demon. Yep. And, and that demon kills Lorenta. Yep. He freezes Messina to death. But he has a goal, and he makes no qualms that, yes, I am an evil dick. I My goal is to have sex because no one wants to have sex with me. I mean, if, if you're going to make a villain that's a horrible person, make them as fabulous as humanly possible. Oh, that's and it. Make them memorable. pretty fabulous. Exactly. Make them memorable. And I mean... Lazard's original voice um, in the PlayStation version was Maddie Baustein, and Maddie Baustein unfortunately passed away. Um, but I was saying before we had got on, on the call, one of the things I love with Lazard's voice actors, because he's had two now, um, is they both do a great job of making that character crazy, but in very different ways. And when you play Silmaria, you have Liam O'Brien, who's doing a more slow, subtle, almost like sexy Lazard. <laughs> and then you have Maddie Baustein's, which is, it's that weird horn dog, like burning passion, easily excited Lazard. And they're still the same person, but it's that just that little difference in interpretation because at the end of the day, the goal is the same with both. You, they, they still want to have sex with Valkyrie. They just portray it differently. <laughs> Okay, I, I have to admit, now knowing that uh, Lazard is Liam in the sequel, I might have to check out the sequel. Because I, I do love Liam and the the voices that he does for batshit crazy characters like Lazard. What's it? Like, Lazard sounds like pure sex in the second game, which is kind of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but also appropriate! But it's also appropriate. Um, I, I honestly wonder if, if Liam had played Valkyrie profile, and that's how come he kind of came off that way. He's a huge dork, so it would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me either, and I mean, it's funny because the Lazard voice basically is almost the same voice he uses for Akihiko in Persona 3. Yep. So it's, again, it just oozes sex, but for a creep mo, so it's fine. I mean, I love this game, and I can talk hours about it. It's There are so many storylines that I just I love in this game. My actual favorite is Janice. Janice has my absolute favorite story uh, in the game, and that's because he gets the raw end of a stick. Yeah, his was probably one of the most tragic. I mean, there's, this is a... Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was going to say there's, there's, a, there's like two that kind of get raw end of a stick. Oh yeah, no. What I love about with using Janice as, as my example, what I love about Janice is that his story is really heartbreaking because this is a man who wanted to 
just do right by his father. And, you know, he joins the knighthood. He wants to show his father that he has value. And he ends up cowardly leaving his post. And he's punished for it. Um, And again, people thought him leaving the post was him being a spy. But it turned out, like, it was more than that. It wasn't that he was a spy. It was literally just he was struggling with his own mental troubles, you know, because he made this because he wanted to be bigger and recognized. And when you get to that, it's just it's very heartbreaking because it's also somebody who he has a lot of inner strength and loyalty. And that's actually ultimately what kills him. And when you have that kind of coming around, it's it's really heartbreaking. Like you, you recognize he's not a bad person. Um, given Valkyrie profile is really big on here's the people who are not bad question mark. And then here's the ones who are bad question mark. Oh, the, the worst part is that the King killed him because he thought the King was, or the King thought that Janice was going to betray him. Yes. And the irony is that Janice would have never betrayed, betrayed nope, he the, loved king. the King. And the poor guy got arrowed in the back. Yeah, arguably he, one of the worst ways to die. Yeah, he actually gets a visible death, uh, which is, yep. compared to some of the other characters, uh, yeah, his is pretty gruesome. <laughs> um, the female knight, too, I forget her name. Jail. Jail, yeah, she she's another one. In fact, what's interesting is both Jail and Janice were from the same country. Yes. As as well as uh, Leowen? Yes. Uh, Llewellyn? I, I, I'm not Llewellyn. sure how to pronounce it because it's the double yeah, I think it's Llewellyn. It's hard, I know. He's he's a weird one where I'm like, they didn't say his name. So I'm like, with the voice acting, so I'm like, I don't know what the interpretation of his name is. He's another one. His is really sad because his is all about the fact that he can't swim. He drowns. And, oh, I remember playing the game for the first time. My mom, my mom watched me play RPGs. And Valkyrie Profile was a game that she actually bought for me and the only reason she bought it was just because it was a female character on the front of the cover um but she watched me play that's a good reason to buy a game though at that time that's what my mom did she just would look at a cover and be like i think you'll like this um that was one of the storylines i remember because unlike you kelly i was only 13 when valkyrie profile came out oh wow i just started high school i'm an old yeah i was i was a soft i think i was a sophomore maybe a junior in high school so for me it was let's put it this way i was coming out of leaving the air quotes ghetto moving to a place that was incredibly affluent and this is the game that kind of saved me from a really bad place and it was because i connected with it with my mom but I would ask my mom questions when I was playing the game, particularly about how characters were dying or um, different significant moments. And Llewellyn was a hard one because, you know, I said to her, I'm like, why would somebody be sent away to war and they don't give them the tools to survive? And my mom was like, that's not how war works, sweetie. Like war is you get sent out and you hope you come back. Um, and I think that storyline does a great job of encapsulating exactly that. He says to Mila, you know, I'm going to try to come home. And all of a sudden, like, you know, he's dead just by the way that the trees whisper. And that's a really, really good, like, artistic way of, like, showing that he's dead. And, and, and she's and, and 
one of the other, sorry to jump in, but no. one of the things with the game too is you can then go back to these cities and like visit people and visit yeah. these areas and get spe- and get items. Yeah, you get and, special items. And you can interact with the characters and you see her still like in the city, just despondent f- from that point on. Well, you talk to her family and they're trying to marry her off. They're like, he's dead. Like you need to get married. And she doesn't want to get married. One thing I love at the end of that particular one too, is the fact that um, when she's standing in the forest and the trees flutter, it's a nice symbolism of water. Um, like that's how you can tell that he drowned. It's just it's the way that the trees echoed. Um, and again, these are not things I noticed the first time playing, but multiple times there are things in each of the vignettes that kind of give you little hints about either the people who survive or the ones who who perished. Um, and his has just got lots of like really nice artistic nuance to it. Um, same with uh, Yumi. Yumi's is really good for that too, with the mermaids. <laughs> and everybody's got a sad story. Like there isn't there isn't anyone who kind of comes out of this with any sort of positivity. But it's fun to kind of see how the characters recognize positive action. Um, and I mean, the best example of that is Arngrim and Jolanda. Arngrim coming to terms with the fact that Jolanda was going to fight him no matter what because he embarrassed her father. Like, I love that scene. That is one of my favorites where he literally says, you know, I embarrassed her father and of course she loves him no matter what. Like, he is a crappy-ass king, but you're not going to tell a girl that her father's not the best father like there's a lot of just really great lines in the game there's like a lot of memorable things that people are saying um and it just like it's it's stuck with me for so long um the other thing that people forget about this game is while the stories are really sad there's a lot of hope in the game Mm -hmm. it's it's this weird dimmer of hope the light is not really bright but you know it's there yeah i i was dealing with some very tough stuff as well um i will not go into too much or into any detail because it would be a trigger warning for a lot of people no worries um so but uh so and uh, as uh, sam is saying you know this i was able to help get through this um because i had a very understanding school counselor at the time thank god for her but also this game also i connected with the game that you know my life i was again not in a good place and this game showed me that yeah there was there is a lot of dark things that can happen in life but you know there was there were characters in this game who still held out hope hope for those who like in yoellen's case hope for his love that you know, he would never see again. He hoped that she would be able to move on without him. Now she couldn't, but that was different. But there's other characters who hoped that those who had died would find happiness or peace when they moved on as well. So there was hope on both sides. And and it really helped me get through a period of my time where I did not have a lot of that. I mean, the best story about hope comes from one of the worst characters in the game which is Badratch. If you think about it, he ends up ditching a little girl at a cathedral. This is after he had a job that had to do with, you know, slavery and all, because Badratch is human garbage. (laughs) Badratch, I mean, mean, his Japanese name is not even Badratch, it's Bad Bad Luck. luck. (laughs) Yeah, 
but this actually is hilariously one of the most hopeful because of the fact that he he drops this little girl off and when he's trying to say, say to the valkyrie like he's trying to bargain with her to get picked and he says you know like i saved that little girl and as annoying as she was i want her to have a good life and you can actually go find that little girl and she gives you a bandana but it's 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 a you know he's an awful person but he even recognizes that it's like kids shouldn't have to suffer he's like and i've i've stolen many kids and i don't know why this is the kid that changed me um i think with games like valkyrie profile where the subject matters are so dark you need to have that element of of light and hope um especially because this is also a game that heavily deals in grief and if grief is not an emotion that you've experienced, then you have a harder time connecting to what is happening. Because grief is, and I've said it multiple times on multiple podcasts, grief is an all-encompassing emotion. It is probably one of the roughest emotions you will ever feel because one minute you can be super happy, and the next minute you're sobbing into a puddle of Cheetos. I mean, I'm sorry, the puddle of Cheetos made me laugh, I'm sorry. That's fine, no, no, but it's true. Like, you could also be angry in a split second. Um, and you see a lot of that in this game, um, with the way in which how characters react and how the story moves. I, I mean, that's kind of the difference for me playing it, you know, in 2006 versus playing it now. Um, because I've, I've lost my dad since that. Yeah. So... The game is hitting a lot different for me now, you know, and it, some of that just comes with age. But I, I think because I have now experienced grief, like grief of a person, um, it, it's hitting me pretty hard. Absolutely. And, Absolutely, um, Kelly. Um, just dating this podcast, I, I lost my one of my cats recently, and I started my replays before this. And that that night, that you know everything went down. It's like, nope, not touching this game. I it's nothing against you, Valkyrie Profile. You're a lovely game, but I cannot deal with you tonight. I am playing Fire Emblem. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> So my first replay in years, both my parents have been gone. My dad's been gone 10 and my mom's been gone 7. Uh, replaying it this time around for the review was actually really hard because this is a game I played with my mom. Um, yeah, and I, had a, I have a lot of good memories of the conversations that we would have. Um, like, I definitely had a good cry playing it uh, this time around just because I was actually really happy. Um, I was happy to be playing it again because there was a part of me that was concerned that playing it again was going to hurt. And it's like, yes, it was going to hurt because it's Valkyrie profile, but add that layer of the connection that I had with it uh, with my mom. Because my mom played a lot of RPGs with me, and by play, I mean she watch and ask questions. That's how she played video games. Um, you know, it's it made me feel very grateful um, to be able to kind of relive those memories as, as hard as they were. And it's for me, Valkyrie Profile just has always been that special game because it is a game that has allowed me to learn about very difficult things, but also learn to have difficult conversations about those topics. Um, because there isn't a lot of RPGs that are coming out and being like, let's talk about grief. Let's talk about suicide. And it's a very honest and raw conversation. It's not just random characters dying and you go, oh no, main character's father's dead. Um, because... One of the issues JRPGs tend to have, this is just my opinion, often what happens is 
it just becomes the sole motivator of my my parent is dead, therefore I want revenge, or therefore I want some way to avenge. And it's very often one note. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, it's, that's not the case. The only other game I can think of that does this very well is Suikoden, the Suikoden series. But that's because, again, Suikoden is all about politics. When you have games that are also politically focused, like Valkyrie Profile and like Suikoden, you also get those emotions of the different like social classes and the different characters. Because again, in this game, you literally have every social class become an unharrier. Um, and each of them interpret their lives differently. Like, Jolanda's a great case of that. She is a rich freaking princess, but also has childlike spratty logic. But she's not one note. Like, I want to give the game credit for that because characters like Jolanda in most games tend to just be, I'm a spoiled princess. Like, there's no extra nuance. Um, and this game, despite the brief moments you are with these characters, everybody has nuance. Every single character. And I think that's incredibly valuable. And I think it's something that newer RPGs often tend to lack, um, either because they're bloating the game for length or because in a lot of cases, the characters are missing just that little extra to make them super memorable. I'm not saying all of them are, but I can honestly say like from a lot of the newer games that I've played, I look at it and I go, I don't have the same emotional connection the way I do with a lot of the PlayStation games that came out, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, because it was just a very different generation of storytelling and characterization. Yeah, now now they so many, I mean, that's how come so many people have kind of gone to the indie scene is because they, it's more indie games seem to have that. But because uh, now almost all the big ones are, ooh, look at me, I'm super shiny. I, I almost Looking at you, Final like, Fantasy. I almost feel like RPGs, in a way, have got gotten kind of a lot, a lot how kids' movies are, and older RPGs used to be like kids' movies. Where you remember, now granted, I'm a little bit older. Um, you remember the Don Bluth movies that like. Land Before Time. All Dogs Go to Heaven. All Dogs Go to Heaven. And Don Bluth's philosophy was that you can have a a little bit of a sad story as long as you have a happy ending. Yeah. And I miss that era of kids' movies. Because, yeah, I was on All Dogs Go to Heaven. I was on the floor crying my eyes out. But then being happy at the end. Yeah. And, you know... I don't want to sound like a boomer, but I feel like kids' movies just are afraid to do that now because they don't want to traumatize kids. And, you know, good for you, but I I think sometimes you kind of need to face those feelings a little bit. And you're right, RPGs are the same way. Um, I can't remember the last time I really sat down and cried at an RPG. Um, I, I sure cried at the end of Stray. That one got to me, but... Well, it's, I, I think Tam makes a good point, though. I think it's it's indie games are doing a better job at looking at how to emotionally engage a player. And again, not everybody wants that. Um, but I feel like if you're somebody who loves Valkyrie profile, that is an inherent reason why you play these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. You want the emotional connection. You want, you want to feel things. And that's why, like why I love games like Ekenfell and Chicory, because those are games where, um, like, Ekenfell is a great example of it is both incredibly lighthearted and wholesome, but it's also very dark. 
in the way in which yeah. it approaches emotion. And chicory is kind of the same in that regard too, where it's, you have this cute little doggy who, you know, she has to learn how to live with depression and she's trying to save the welder. And the, it's a game all about mental health trapped in this really cute packaging. Um, Stardew Valley is another good one. Yeah, that that was really good at confronting him, ma- making you confront him. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, meeting all the characters in Stardew, and then you get their stories. Like they're approachable, and some they're characters you connect with. Yeah, and and the, the and the characters are flawed. Uh, some of those romance options are all flawed. Like you know, one's a gambler, one's one's a uh, a drunk. Yep. Yeah, one I is so had... anxious that he can't deal with people. Yeah, I kind of had to make a point not to date Sean because I kind of knew his story was going to get to me a little bit. Um. <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, go, going back, going back to Valkyrie profile, because um, that's what we're here to talk yeah, about. I know. Sorry, it's so easy to get uh, get off tangent. Uh, and I mean, well, we're, we're talking about the stuff that's related. Yeah, yeah. No, just she she bringing up that, that, that a lot of um, RPGs don't really have that emotional connection anymore and i'm sitting here trying to think of one so it's like yeah she's absolutely right i can't remember the last time an rpg made me cry and tales of arise <laughs> uh that one was a little bit of tears but tears of joy yeah yeah uh, no that that end that ending for that one was good but and and i mean if if you're going going to good endings i mean if you're go- aiming for the true ending for valkyrie profile it's it is a happy ending it really is. Yeah. Yes. But you have to destroy the world to get there. <laughs> you have to destroy the world to rebuild the world to have Lucian and Lenneth make out. And it's very satisfying. Also, I want to give this game points because also it's one of the few RPGs where the characters are allowed to kiss. What is this? Freaking Japan is notorious for being like, characters don't kiss, they only hold hands. And Valkyrie Profile is like, fuck you, here's a big smooch between you. <laughs> There's a big animated smooch even. And that's that. You get two of them. Two of them. So, also why this game is great. Also, though, I, I want to touch upon, I don't like the CG cutscenes in the PSP version. I think they're kind of ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially unfortunately- compared to the anime sequences in the original. Like I, yeah, just, I, I, I have a feeling that, that. I, th- I think that had more to do with Square Enix than oh yeah Price. budget you know budget and all that I mean I, it, it's probably more expensive to do the CG scenes than the anime scenes oh yeah yeah you're, I mean I don't know you're you're probably right I just I I played the PSP version so I have no context the only time I saw the animated cutscenes was um in in the recap I watched this morning just to kind of refresh my memory. No, the Animu was pretty. I almost wish there was just a Valkyrie profile Animu, but nobody wanted to give me that when it came out. So I, I accept my sadness. Um, and and yeah, I, I don't understand why when they did the PSP version that they ported the Japanese version um, of the PlayStation 1. Uh-huh. When... When apparently the, they added a lot of like little tweaks in the American one to kind of make it a little bit better, like you could sort the inventory. I know um, there's uh, there is good reasons, and so yeah, the sorting of the inventory because I I've I've been playing the P I've played the PSP version a couple of different times on the ch- channel. 
Um, always putting it down for other games, apparently, but not because it's a bad game. I love the game. It's just, it's like, ooh, new shiny. Ooh, yep. new shiny. <laughs> um, but uh, I've, I've gone over this uh, a little bit. And so, yeah, the sort of, like, the minor annoyances of the Japanese version that has us Americans all up in arms that it's like for the PSP and whatnot, totally get it. However, it has a bug in it that makes it the easiest version to play to get the true to get the true ending. Huh. See, I didn't know this. Yes. So the bug is, and it's it's just a natural programming error. Is and they fixed it in the U.S. version. And we and I was and we were going into this a little bit before the podcast so i was like i'll save this for the podcast this is material is barbarossa will not oh. cast ultimate magic in yep. the japanese version okay so when... meanwhile he casts it all the fuck <laughs> yeah so in the american version they fixed the they fixed the glitch to where he will cast it but the problem is he casts it every round yep so unless you have like maxed out invoke feather and other like other... guts Guts, and guts your and, best friend. Yeah, uh, guts, healing, invoke feather, auto, auto, auto item. revive, auto item. I mean, you really have to like prep for his fight in the American version because otherwise, you're just not going to do it. But if okay. you're super prepped, guess what? He's actually really fucking easy. <laughs> he can be, but there's still some. There's still random that. Oh, well, you that's could, it. Yeah. Yeah, like guts may not go. Your guts won't go off. You know, there even the best prep, you can still lose that fight, and that oh, is, absolutely. and that is a story-based fight that you have to complete for the true ending. Yes, yes. So in the Japanese version, in the ports of so the PSP version and all the other ports where he doesn't do it, it's like easy. <laughs> yep, it's like I got him. It's great. Woo. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's not great. Uh, you know, but it could be worse. Still could be Bloodbane. Still could be Bloodbane. Heal my wrath. Heal. And you're just like, no, you should not be allowed to heal, you fucking dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he heals himself pretty much to full health. Well, it's... You, the annoying thing about that battle, and I when I replayed it, it... Gave me the traumas all over again. It's the fact that you can literally count when he's going to heal. It's every 10 turns. So if you don't get him in 10, he heals. He heals for the full amount. So you have to do a lot of strategery. Yeah, there's there's also some very specific weapons that will cause him to take some really adi some additional damage. Yup, but even then, it's oh, I had enough fun times. Yeah, he's he, the he, worst boss of the whole game. Again, Loki, easy. Fenrir, easy. easy. Bloodbane, cry, and you don't have a choice. You have to fight him. If you do, if you do ending B, you don't have to fight him. You can like ignore his whole existence. But no, you got to fight him in ending A, and he sucks. He sucks so hard because everything can one shot kill you. <sighs> yeah, don't don't be looking forward to Bloodbane. Yeah. Bloodbane, great. Like it's fine. Yeah, Bloodbane is the bane of the game. Yeah, yeah. For re for very valid reasons. Yes. So, so, do we have anything else we want to share before we uh, get into the roundtable? I mean, even though we kind of did, did a lot of the roundtable, a little bit of the roundtable. Sorry, we actually did the whole roundtable. We did the whole. Thing. 
No, we didn't go into the actual favorite weird soul. Yes, oh. I, did. I said Janice. Guilty oh, well. Done. Oh. Okay, I did not, but... Well, 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 I'll tell you what. We, we, can, <laughs> we can recap it, because uh, I, I had intentionally held back my memories, of my original memories of the game and how I obtained yeah. obtained it, but we, we can go over it again. Who knows? We might, we might come up with something more interesting in the break. Um, but this, um, oh yeah, going into the pricing, um, you're not buying a physical copy of the PlayStation One unless you, I don't know, want to second mortgage your house. I, I'm exaggerating, but on on eBay, I'm seeing it for as low as like three hundred. I I remember in 2006 when it was going for like eighty to one hundred, and yeah. I'm now glad I have my PlayStation copy. The um, price charting has it listed for two hundred, so it, yeah, it must have really shot up in price chart or even price charting hasn't kept up on it then um psp version costs nothing and this wasn't on the originally it wasn't on the psn store because we were talking pre-show that squeenix kind of had a stick up their ass about having stuff on the playstation store and nobody knows why back then well i, I do know the play the playstation for PSP games did have issues where it had to have so much additional content. And that may have also oh. been why they changed from the animation scenes to the CGI scenes to kind of oh. squeak around the the Sony America ruling for um, additional content. Yeah, because that's why we didn't get the Sweet Coden 1 and 2 and the yeah. um, Rockman and Dash. And Tales of Destiny. Or no, ah. Tales of Eternia. Sony, you make me angry. <laughs> yeah, but also the the CG still sucks. So thanks. CG still sucks. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, game. There, there's no denying that. Um, but but it's okay. Well, I, the play the version now that's on PSN is the PSP version, but it it's it's still playable. Just pull up the, the anime cutscenes on YouTube and turn off the TV, and then switch your TV to YouTube if you have it. Queue it up, and that's how you do it. Or is that too much work? That sounds like too much work. It's just one of those temper your expectations because the version that's on the PlayStation Store, um, they fucking did nothing for it other than a rewind button and these ugly filters that don't enhance the experience. And this this is one of my biggest beefs with that re-release that I reviewed. This game deserves a pretty touch-up. Yeah, although I will admit that rewind button has saved oh, my ass ever. No. multiple times. The rewrite button is how I got through Bloodbane this time. <laughs> um, but no, like, that is the only good thing that came out of it. Um, but honestly, there was no reason for this to not go through, like, a nice filter to just touch up the sprites. Because the sprites were gorgeous, in you know, in 1999. On top of the watercolor backgrounds, now you just have this weird pixelation on top of everything. So it's like, you can tell they just kind of went, and it's up, so it's fine. <laughs> And it's like, no, you should have done more, you assholes. It, it does kind of irritate me that a whole bunch of other Squeenix games got some really yes. nice nice versions and touch-ups, and then and just, this, this just kind of got shit onto the PSN store without well, any fanfare. As we all have to remember, it was a pack-in for Elysium, um, but that to me is not an excuse. See, to me... The, uh, uh, to be honest, I would have preferred them to just charge twice as much, make it nicer, and yep, have it that way. I would oh, have I paid, think most of us would have. I, I would have happily paid double to have a, a version on par with like the Chrono Cross remake or uh, some of the tr- uh, mono stuff that they've done recently. Because 
th- th- this was a little bit. This game deserves that. And again, my biggest critique in my review is the fact that the graphics look awful for HD. Mm-hmm. Like again, you get a lot of weird pixelation. The one of the things I really hate is the CG uh, cutscenes. They're blurry. Yep. Like you notice visible blur in them, and it's like. Again, you could have touched this up a little bit, and then you chose not to. Why? So, oh well, it uh, not much. I mean, maybe one day Square Enix will decide it's worthy of a really nice remake. Um, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Yeah, well, at least it's made available now in a in a nicer form than the mobile version, which I'm sure is perfectly fine if you like playing on mobile, but. My God, trying to play that with the touchscreen would oh, just makes my hands oh, hurt no thinking about you. it. No, thank <laughs> you. Okay. Well, let's take a quick uh, musical interlude and then come back with the round table and put a bow on this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to RPG Backtrack, where we are now getting into the, I almost said final lap. This isn't the old one. This is now the round table final lap. Um, getting into kind of our personal feelings about the game, even though we already got personal anyway, because, you know, this is a very deep game. We've, we've got a lot of heightened emotions about it. Um, but now we're going to get into our, our favorites and what we were doing when we at the time when we were playing the game. Some of you have multiple things you could talk about. I have two. Yeah. Um, the, 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 one of the benefits of playing a game multiple times. Um, that being said, so usually the first question is, what's your favorite funny moment? But this game doesn't really have a whole lot of funny moments. There so, is no um, funny other than Lazar. <laughs> there, there is one funny moment. Ye who admit. know me shall be made to know me. Yeah. The one funny moment I will admit is how... Uh, how embarrassed Anagram gets when Yolanda takes him out to dinner and is just oh. screamed, going all Karen at the restaurant. Poor, That's pretty poor funny. Anagram being stuck with Yolanda, and again, she being dumb and like, he doesn't know it's me. And he's like, it's totally Yolanda. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That was one funny moment. But the rest of them, um, what b- moments gave you the worst allergies? Um, and in my case, made, made me just, you know, sneeze harder into my hanky. In other words, what made you sad? Uh, pretty much everything about ending A. Uh, I mean, <laughs> again, the whole Lenneth losing her memories, regaining her memories, losing Lucian, um, having to regain Lucian. Um, the whole again. Losing Lucian again. Uh, it's all hanky-inducing. So that, I would say, for me, is the most emotional part of the game. <laughs> Because it's just, I want them to be together, but this game keeps hurting me. But also, will they be together again? Yes, they will, but also, ah. 
um yeah ending 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 a is definitely up like the, the prime suspect for this question no no hands down um i honestly one of i would say one of the also impactful ones and i always always mix up the two which is uh, nanami and yumi whichever one's the mermaid oh yumi. that was that yumi. was the one i was going to say the mermaid yeah yumi is bad I knew I was in for something when the guide itself says, go recruit Yume, cry a lot. Yeah. Um, her thing is basically uh, a boy wishing on a monkey's paw for her to be with her family, so she dies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, even though he could have wished for her to be with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he even says, like, he's like, I could keep you forever. Um, but this is what you truly want. Like, Fuyuki is such a sweet boy. He's a sweet little cinnamon roll who was madly in love with her, and he wanted her happiness. And her happiness, unfortunately, meant she had to die. Or at least that's how he interpreted it. Yeah. Whereas, she just died. (laughs) Yeah, she she died. Dad. And even Valkyrie's like, he wants to save her by wishing for her death? Yep. Yeah. By the way, yes, I've played this that many times that I have lines from this game memorized. It's hard not to when you've played it enough times. The dialogue's really well written. Um, so, so we all agreed on that. I mean, the whole game itself is just sad. And, and, and a cry, I, I need to go watch some kitten videos to palette cleanse cutaway. Um, I'm kind of glad that I played this game after having read the Black Company novels. Are those like the novelizations? No. The Black Company is a very dark fantasy novel series by Glenn Cook. Glenn Cook, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so I, I didn't write this one down, but now I'm just curious. Uh, your your favorite line, Harry, are of pretty much the entire game, the one that you love using, or that you end up using every time? Um, there, Ayla, 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 yeah, yeah, her. I always use her. Yeah. Um, Um, it's a hard one for me. The one, so the one character that always stays in my party every playthrough, and he's not even a favorite character, is Arngrim. Yeah. Always have Arngrim. He's very reliable, and that if you can't get a good swordsman, or you know, if you end up sending all of your swordsmen away, you could still fall back on him. Um, and he stays useful throughout the majority of the game. Yes. Uh, um, in terms of like a favorite on Harrier that I do like to have around who's not him, probably Janice. Janice is probably my favorite. Yeah, one of the most useful archers. Uh, yeah, he, he, and, he and Badratch are very strong archers. Yes, they are. Um, I, I also, not, not going to lie, every, every time I pick a new mage, I end up going back to Yolanda. Um, she just got such good magic. See, I always ship her up as soon as I can. She gets uh, shifted up pretty... I, I usually keep uh, Yume until I get, like, one of the really endgame mages. My main yeah. mage this time around, until I got Mistina, actually ended up being Nanami. Nanami's good because she get, she she's the only one who can equip that the dragon bone yeah. sword, quote-unquote staff. Um... <laughs> And and that is a very powerful early scepter. Yep. So I, I might end up swapping out her out for Loretta, um, just because Loretta has better stats. But we'll, we'll see. Um, we'll we'll see who gives me more grief. Though I I will admit, during a couple of fights, it was nice having a pair of mages to kind of swap off magic. 
with as well. Um, oh, I didn't even get a chance to ask. Did you guys uh, beat the guy in <sighs> Brahms Castle? Yes. Uh, so, so, and it doesn't matter what you do. You get the same result no matter what. But did, did you feel like you needed to beat him just so that you could get the extra EXP or did you let him go? This time I let him go because honestly, you get the better dialogue if you let him go. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're trying to get ending A, that's also another way to tank your seal rating. Oh, yep. If you if you beat him, the seal rating goes up. Oh, see, the guy that I was using said it didn't matter, but I oh guess- no, it, in terms of plot, it doesn't truly matter. But for the seal rating, it does. It's okay. It's one of those. So when you go to the castle. That's like you already lose some of your seal rating. If you choose to fight him and beat him, your seal rating goes up. If you just let him go, your seal rating goes down because then Odin's looking at you and going, bitch, why'd you let him go? Ah, that makes, okay, that makes total sense. Yeah. If you beat him, then it's, yeah, you beat the undead lord. I hate that guy. Also, her wrist is here somewhere, and I hate her, too. Uh, Oh, well, I think my seal rating's pretty low right now anyway, so I think I'll be okay. You're probably fine. Um, Yeah, I've... Because the last... So the first time I last played this um, for the stream, I was aiming for ending A, but I never de-equipped the ring during evaluation phase, so it screwed me on my seal rating. Yeah, the, the, the Nibelungen ring is always plus two. So whatever your seal rating is, if you have that ring on, it's plus two. So that's, I mean, I, I equip it, I always take it off as soon as the game starts. Like, as soon as I'm allowed to, I just take it right off if I'm going for ending A. Then I don't have to worry about plus two. <laughs> plus you can get a free slot to do with whatever you please. Well, yeah. that's, and it's more actually more useful to take it off because, especially in the later parts of the game, you'll want those extra slots for better accessories. Yeah, although I will admit, I've had my seal rating tanked very, very low in a few points where I've had to worry about that plus two. Like, I play, the way I play it gets me really low. Yeah. When I'm aiming for the the true ending. If I'm not, not worried about the true ending, then yeah, that, I go to town on everything. Now but the like, question, sorry, no. I thought we're done. No, no, I'm good. Um, now, now the question that Tam specifically requested, uh, your favorite weird soul. Janice, finishing strike, guilty break. I, there- I, I like Lucian's just because his is so flashy. Oh, it, yeah. it reminds me of Omnislash. So, I mean. Flashy one. There, there's a lot of flashy ones. I mean, Dreaded Dragon, which is Dreaded Aeolus. Dragon! Yep. My soul burns! My power is awakened! Yeah. Um, I mean, you could be Lazard. Oh. <laughs> well, the the problem with... So, Lazard has the same issue with all of the mages, mages which is their finishing strikes are not impressive unless you have a scepter equipped that allows you to cast Grand Magic. Yep. And Grand Magic changes based on the spell. Yep. And and some of those spells are, like, all of them are really awesome to watch. But I, I forget which one it is, but there's one that is, like, super creepy. There's, like, there's the Bolt Dragon. There's... No, Bolt Dragon's fine. It's the one that has, like, the skeleton coming out. Oh, that's, um, I think it's dark. the one for Dark Savior. It's either the one for Dark Savior or Shadow Servant. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So, but they're they're really like flat. Like I love watching the grand magics go off, except when it's the enemies using it on you. <laughs> that it sucks. Especially when you're when it's Barbarossa in the U.S. version. I'm so that that one glitch is one of the is one of my favorite ones. I'm so glad that broken bug from the. Japanese version has been in every version since because they only port the Japanese version. I really wish they would put in item sorting. I really wish that. But I have no problem not having item sorting because of the Barbarossa fight. Because <laughs> him casting Grand Magic every single turn, turn is is no bueno. It is no bueno at all. Nope. Also, I, I, I'm I also inclined to agree with Sam because J- Janice's weird soul casts poison and that's really handy. Oh, I mean, I also, I also am a big stan of Lennis, um all versions of Nibel and Valetsi. And I mean, every time it happened in the game, I would just, like, I'm sitting in my chair and I'm going, it shall be engraved upon your soul! <laughs> Divine assault. Me belong for less. I will admit, um, on, on my playthroughs on the on on our Twitch channel, I will sit there and like shout out these battle quotes as they're happening. Of course, because you know them so well. Like, come I to me, dark warriors. Battle awaits. Finishing strike. Final blast. Now, now, another interesting question that I just thought of. Did you guys use swords on Valkyrie or crossbows? Um, I've done both. I've done okay. both. Um, it, it, sometimes it depends on the fight. So some fights it is better for her to actually go in with a bow. Um, one, of the er, um, one of the early dungeon fights where you're having to fight uh, mages in the back row, it's better to have her with a bow because she can strike them early on and get them out so they're not casting firelands on you. Yeah, because so, I, I have to admit I've become a bow person in this playthrough just it, because it's uh, also you, easier for her to break guard, to do guard breaks with a bow yeah, than it yeah. is with a with swords. Um, and not just the guard breaks, but um, you can fight a lot of good bows early on, which is kind of nice to have. Yeah. Um, especially three hit bows. I I found this out reading a solo guide that was saying that yeah, uh, bows are better than swords in every situation in a solo guide. And see, I disagree with that because there are definitely battles where the bow is fucking useless. Like blood <laughs> and bloodbane's a perfect example of that. Because you, in, with the case of bloodbane, you want as much firepower moving as quickly as possible because you know that in ten turns he's going to heal. Oh and by right. That point, by that point. Like, you can use the Dragon Slayer sword on him, and it does actually take a small chunk off of him. (laughs) But it's little things like that where it really is all about knowing the situation and then figuring out how you want to equip. Because, again, there are better cases where her with a sword and having a mage is better than her with a bow and then two, you know, or three tankish characters. Um, again, this game is really great for experimenting. You can mm-hmm. play around and figure yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, almost, almost. There, there's not every party is viable per se because, um, yeah, for if you're trying to do the big combos to uh, do the purify word, so, but almost all of them are. And if you're very good at timing, um, the the, uh, the combo, because so. <laughs> The way the big combo works for the Purify Weird Soul is it starts at 100%. After you use your first character, it drops down to 8. And then the last one, I believe it drops it, 
or no, the first one drops it to 80. Second one will drop it to starts at 60. And the last one will start it at 40 before you can move into your actual fourth character. So you can if you can combo it right, you can come up with combos that allow you to get all four. But you also have to be able to hit the buttons at the right timing. Yes, this is why I said there is it's good to have a pattern of like when you have your four characters whose uh weird soul most likely will get you the most bang for your buck for combo um this is why again most of the time it was Argrim, janice likely valkyrie and then isla <laughs> yeah isla's either good for a starter or good for a finisher because because she has a very low percent she will fill yeah so that's why you have to kind of make it work yeah. And again, you knowing how much they give in percentage to helps. Mm-hmm. And some of them are also dependent on how often they hit. Uh, Ju- yes. June is a great example of that because his his is just a very big combo. It's, his creates a big combo, like for for hits. But then the problem comes in is his is a very low percentage filler unless yeah. he gets all his hits in. And there's always a chance it doesn't happen with him. Yeah, because because of a. Uh, an enemy getting moved in a wrong direction or something he might yeah. miss he might miss some unless it's a really big enemy like big some of the some of them work better on big enemies than small enemies and some work better on small enemies than big enemies yeah ayla it doesn't matter it just hits <laughs> it is just a dragon explosion so <laughs> you're fine now um <clears throat> our, our last question you guys can pick anything you want for this one since you played it both played it multiple times um what were you doing in your life when you were playing the game? Um, any 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 specific non-gaming memories tied to this game that you have? Um, so I'll make mine easy. Uh, I talked about it a lot during the podcast. Go read my article called A Love Letter to Valkyrie Profile. That'll give you a really good indicator of what was going on in my life at the time. Okay, sweet. Simple. Directing us to site content. Always good. Yeah, I was... Um... So I was dealing with a some very, as I said, uh, dark stuff at the time. So this game kind of helped me um, not just deal with it, but actually caused me to uh, to sort of forcefully get help from uh, the school counselor I had at the time, who who was very, uh, very understanding of what had happened to me and helped me work through my issues. I, I probably, if it wasn't for this game, I would probably not have graduated high school, along with a lot of help from a bunch of people. Wow. Yeah. Um, I will not go game. into details because, um, it, 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 at least in the podcast only, because it is, as I did mention earlier, it is a trigger issue for a lot of people. So no, I um, get it. that is not something, <laughs> not something people need to hear. They're here, no, for, I... they're here for good stories. No, 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 that's that's fine. Um, I, I mean, obviously, if a game has given you comfort in a bad time, that's always something I love hearing about. But if it's going to be too personal, by, by all means. Uh, oh, I don't mind not, sharing. I'll, I yeah. just don't think it's good content for the podcast. Right, right. Um, I mean, I mean, I've I've talked about how certain games helped me deal with my dad's death and <laughs> brought down to 14 podcasts because that's all I played while I was dealing with that. <laughs> Um, and I actually have good memories with this game because so it came, the PSP version came out in 2006 and at that time you could still find uh, PlayStation 1 games fairly easily in GameStop and at that point I was really trying to finish my, my um, PS1 RPG collection 
And of course, this this one was this bed had been expensive for a while, and gosh, I could kick myself because I saw it at a GameStop at once for forty bucks, and I was like, gosh, that's a little expensive. I'll go with one of these twenty dollar ones like Star Ocean, and then have kicked myself ever since. And it just so happened that two thousand six was also at the time when it was when I start dated dating my now husband. So. Um, at the first Christmas together, uh, we're opening stuff, and he hands me this one present. It's a big old box, and I open it up, and it's another box that's wrapped, and then open it up, and it's another box that's wrapped. <laughs> and I can't, I do not remember how deep the layers went, but then once it got to the CD shaped thing, then there was like multiple layers of wrapping paper on top of that. And it's like, what could this possibly be that he put so many layers of wrapping paper? Well, big surprise, it was Valkyrie Profile. Um, and and he, he basically said that, yeah, I pretty much just camped an eBay auction and got, got it for like 60 Which, you know, at the time was a pretty good deal even then. Um, and that, that that ended up being my most treasured Christmas present that year. But that was also the year that I got my PSP for Christmas and got the PSP version. So I, I was like, I ended up playing the PSP version mainly because, you know, new, new toy. That was kind of the reason why I wanted a PSP in the first place. Um, but I'll, I'll never forget just like un unwrapping layer after layer after layer and being just absolutely shocked that he had uh did it got, got that game that at the time was not a cheap game but uh, apparently with uh digilance you, you could get it for pretty for a decent deal if you just you know stayed up all night on ebay um but yeah, I still have that copy. I will never sell that copy because it's very special to me. And I will always associate that game with that Christmas. And also wanting to throw my PSP through the wall when I couldn't uh, get through. It was the one of the few dungeons that you can level grind in and I'm blanking on it now. I got very lost there. Oh, well, I, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with this game. I um, have a lot of good memories with it. Seems like you guys have a lot of good memories with it. Mm -hmm. So... And, and I'm, I'm very happy that it, even if it is a not very good, well, I don't want to say not very good. It's an and it's okay, okay version on PSN right now. Um, just kind of wish they would have, you know, done a little more with it. But I'm, I'm happy that it's a lot more accessible than it's ever been at this moment. Yep, exactly. So um, that is our show. Uh, th thank you, Sam, and thank you, Tam, Robert, for coming on. <laughs> Um, always fun having you both on, and and of course thank you to Matt, my my podcast partner, who I could not do this without. He had to bail early because um, he's been up all day, and apparently you guys have been up all day too. So we should put a bow on this. Oh no, uh, I've not been up all day. I've I've been up since four. Uh, ah, yeah. gotcha. Um, and then next, actually next month, it is Monster Hunter March. Uh, wow. We're doing uh, Monster Hunter Stories finally. Uh, we're going to talk about both games and then uh, Monster Hunter Rise. So that's that's going to be a barrel of fun. Um, got a lot of Monster Hunter fans in, on the site, so uh, I will be rounding up quite a few people to, to talk some modern Monster Hunter, the, the Monster Hunter that finally got me to play. Uh, 
going to be a fun time. So uh, th- thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you in a couple of weeks. So have fun. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You precious cinnamon roll.